This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 103 of Banging on the Drum. I am your host, P-Dog, joined alongside my co-host, M-Dog, and how you doing today, M-Dog? Oh, doing great, doing great. Oh, Pat's popping tops over there. I'm being sober because, you know, that's what we should be doing anyway. We should be taking this professionally, not just popping tops, right, as we open up uh, open up the segments, but, you know, I get it. Usually, I just pop all mine right before we go live, or I mute and pop them all, so I don't even have to have to run with that. But I did not get beer for tonight. So I was giving our crowd some uh, MSNR or what? What's that? The I don't even like remember what's Pavlo- called. Like a Pavlovian thing, where uh, like that makes them go on a drink or something. Yeah, something like that. Not well. No, I wasn't talking about. Uh, Pavlov's dog or whatever the the name where the guy salivates. I was talking more of there was something that hit big, I want to say maybe five years ago, where it was just like pleasing noises or like people like reading stuff oh. like this. Soothing. Like they would just try to like like people would literally record podcasts like in like a tone that people like, or like scratching and tapping. But I always like the sound of a beer opening. So I assume well, so, enjoy that as well. Um, Huberman, I listened to him, and one of the things I listened to him about was sleep. I think I talked about that. And if you listen to a tone while you're learning things, and then you listen to it that same tone uh, when you're sleeping, you learn that thing more effectively. Yeah, I've always been curious about that because I'll put on classical music when I'm studying math just because I've heard that it helps. I don't know how much it actually helps. So then you should put on classical music when you sleep. Gosh, that sounds so boring. But but it wouldn't need to be that. It could just be a like a dull tone, like and then like you could have that just go off a few times over like your eight hour sleep pattern. And it should and it should uh like assist you. Okay. Yeah, no, and I get why that would, because like say you're falling asleep and you're watching a show and the show is talking about something and like you start dreaming about that thing. Like I would assume that that triggers something in your memory to yeah think about what you are or what you were learning earlier that day. But we are flying by the seat of our pants today. I think that's going to be the name of the episode just because it's easy and it'll be quick. But that got me thinking, do you know what the term flying by the seat of your pants comes from? I don't. Um, I would assume it's an Air Force term, but I have no idea. You're, it's aviation for sure. I, I don't think well, it so, is. So it probably like started somewhere in like the 1920s, 1930s, early, absolute early. Look, look at you. You're just, you're crushing it. So fly by the seat of your pants 
is parlance. That parlance from the early days of aviation aircraft initially had few navigation aids and flying was accomplished by means of the pilot's judgment. The term emerged in the 1930s and was first widely used in reports of Douglas Corrigan's flight from the USA to Ireland in 1938. So yeah, they just didn't have like GPSs and shit. So they would fly by the seat of your pants. Like they were just yeah. guessing. They gotta have, I mean, like we've always had like compasses and shit though. They, maybe they don't work as well in the air. I don't know. Yeah, but if I gave you a compass and told you to fly to the airport closest to my house, do you think? Do you think no, you'd I don't make think it? so. One, so one, I don't <laughs> think that like. The last time I like truly tried to read a compass to get me somewhere, like to do anything, was in like a seventh grade social studies like experiment, right? We were at Wildcat running around with our compasses trying to find like markers. So more than likely not. I have no idea how that stuff goes. I have done it at one point in my life and understood it okay if I remember correctly. But no way I could do it now. And two, can't fly planes. Right, I think uh, that that's actually probably challenging. Like, yeah, that's a d- deal breaker. But maybe if I, I didn't have to worry about where I was going, that I could fly a plane, just fly by the seat of my pants. Like I'll just keep heading east. I'm going to take off from New York, and I'm just going to fly into the sun every day. Right, and then so yeah. So I mean, you'd see it, a lot of water though. Yeah, I mean, so you'd have to have some way to navigate you towards east. Mm-hmm. And I think if you did that, you might get, you might be okay. Yeah. But that no. would be like pretty sketchy, right? To just like get up and fly across the ocean and be like, oh yeah, I'm going east for sure. Yeah. I wonder where, because I think if you flew straight east, like I don't think those flights do that because they try to like avoid the, time. well, they try to get into the jet stream, I guess on your way there so i think you're trying to get what like up to 300 millibars up there right mike and then yeah, you yeah, i gotcha then you uh, so in like they also go like further north so that they can cut like time across the uh latitudes right yeah okay no longitudes you know what I, you get what i'm saying because like the earth is narrower at the top unless we are unless it's flat right yeah there's so many weird globe things though we were we were talking about this the other day like where i got curious about like what would happen when you just go straight north but then i'm sure everybody's heard this shit before but like just like how much bigger things are like it's it's not to scale which bugs me it's like the, why don't we just globe. yeah try to make yeah. it to scale because like you'll see like africa in the horn so north africa from tip to tip is like the same as like all of russia and it doesn't yeah. look like that so we're, we're we're biased like the people who are making maps especially for americans are biased towards America, right? To some extent. And I think that's part of it. I just don't get what the bias would be like. Oh yeah, we're bigger. 
Like what, what does that help? Who gives a fuck about all the rest of those people? Right. That's what it is. Like who gives a fuck about all the rest of that land? We don't really deal with that. Oh, okay. I get. I think that's kind of the attitude. So it's like, we'll, we'll make our stuff kind of to scale, but it doesn't like maybe our like Wisconsin's, Minnesota's, Iowa's, whatever are all to scale in to the scale we decide up up on this top piece right yeah all the all of that's to scale but then they don't worry as about that bottom shit they don't care like which is weird you'd think you'd want to get it right i'd like to see one that is right yeah no i I bet you you can google something like that but yeah like you can fit like the united states I, i was looking at this um got off on another globe tangent you feel like the United States, UK, Scandinavia, something else, something else, and something else, like Madagascar. Like they were just showing you how much shit you can fit in the North African horn. Oh, and yeah. it's it's ridiculous. And that's not even counting like mid to southern yeah. Africa. Like, yeah, I don't know where where we got off on that tangent or. Oh, we were flying by the seat of our pants. That's that's yeah. what we were doing. Yeah, and we did it again. So that was perfect. Um, shit, but I had something else that I was going to add in there, and, and I didn't even think of it. But, but yeah. So we'll move on. We'll move on from that. Even though there's something in my brain rattling around that I wanted to say that I'm not going to get the chance to. So then I wanted to say, nice work on the solo episode. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it on my way into work one day i will say though i did have to put it on two times speed but i have to do that when i'm i'm in the podcast as well like i i think both of us are fairly slow talkers for the most part yeah you just made it worse right there in that moment too but um (laughs) yeah yeah uh i have recently went from 2x back to 1x for some reason and I agree that we feel very, very slow. And then that might be because I listen at 2X. Now I'm trying to talk faster to keep it moving. But um, <laughs> uh, McAfee just sounds like kind of trashy too, which obviously isn't the case. People like like his pacing and stuff like that. And so just feels very, I shouldn't say trashy, feels very, very slow as well, right? And then wow. I just... And then I feel like, man, this is what they actually sound like every day. And they're probably just high as fuck all the time because they talk about that pretty frequently. Yeah, I wonder if he, I, I don't know, like, I don't think it would be conducive to having the greatest sports talk. I, I'm sure you get in some interesting shit, like, like on Joe Rogan's, how they're, or on Joe Rogan's podcast, how they're always smoking stuff or taking something and then yep. seeing where they go. And I don't think that um, McAfee has the best sports talk show, right? So that's what his genre, right, is in sports talk. But I don't know that he covers things the most effectively. And honestly, the football stuff that he does cover most effectively, he's bringing on guys that are experts um, like uh, Darius Butler or... He's got a center that comes on as well, and I can't think of his name, but he played he played for the Buccaneers and he played for the Colts. So they bring players on that really understand like 
conceptual football, right? Or they brought on Chuck Pagano, who is like a defensive mastermind. He was the defensive uh, coordinator for the Bears for a few years and then not and then he was the head coach for the Colts for a while, right? So they bring him on to like break down and like do like rah-rah speeches and shit like that. And so I don't think they have the best sports show. They don't break down sports the best, but they're they're entertaining and they talk about sports. Yeah, and I think that's where people started to like stuff more. I think Barstool did a good job of that yeah. is breaking outside of, hey, we're not just going to talk about like, the X's and O's of sports and people like the funny little observations that people have in sports. And then obviously it just leads to outside the sports world, but back to the two X thing. So I was being a little like critical at first and not critical of yours. Like I was like, you no, that's fine. Not, I'm, like, I'm fine with that. But even when you did the one before, and I think I shit on you a little bit too much for it because I think I just listened to it in one time so I could like hear every like transition and like when you're reading line to line. But yeah, you oh, crank yeah. that baby up to 2X. You sound like uh, a young Rosillo mixed with a little uh, Colin Coward. No, I wouldn't say that. I, I just can't stand Colin Coward. So man, so oh. I've went through, I've went through so many phases with guys like Cowherd that like loved him for a long time because I thought he said a lot of things that I agreed with. And then I've heard him say like the exact opposite within weeks. And I'm like, what? maybe I don't like this shit. You know what I mean? But I remember that for a while, I really liked Coward. But I've heard him say like things along the lines of Aaron Rodgers is easily the greatest quarterback that ever lived. And then within weeks, like it's not like this took years or whatever. Within weeks, he's like, guy's trash. He doesn't even know how to play football. And I'm like, can't be either of those things, right? Like, really. And and that's the thing I don't like about Tom Collard at all is, like, he's so matter-of-fact. Like, I've started getting away from the solo guys just in general. I do still enjoy Ryan Rosillo quite a bit, but, like, I don't. Usually he's my one in the, not one in the chamber, I guess my, my one bullet I keep in my pocket. Yeah. Like if I, if I got through all my podcasts and I need like one, one more, like on a drive or something, but I like how he's not matter of fact, like he's, he's almost like the opposite where he's like, this is my opinion, but who fucking knows? Like where Tom Collar kind of says his opinion as a fact, and that bugs me about him. Yep. I get that. And I think that's probably what turned me off to him eventually. And then I liked Van Pelt and Russell for a while. I mean, I listened to probably the first like nine hours ESPN did pretty frequently through college. And so that, you know, like all, all three of those shows were, yeah, pretty that cool. was working out at the ball fields. That was kind of, it was classic country. Uh, you can eat crackers in my bed anytime. And then yeah. uh, Rosillo and Van Pelt. So I think that's kind of what always gave me the itch to do something like this too. But I'm sh- there's so many people who are inspired by like the Rosillos and, and shit like that. Um, yeah. Well, so 
Uh, does Rosillo kind of say like just do it when it comes to like podcast stuff, or not really? No, I th- he he's like he always is. He's like realistic about things. Like, yeah, maybe you can do it, but are you working hard enough to do it? Type shit. Like, yeah, he's like if yeah. you're gonna do it, you gotta like it's hard work. So he's not saying like just quit your job and start doing it because you need to have like a foothold somewhere and then you need to be willing to put in the the hours and i think i mean we we keep like uh demanding enough life where it's tough for us to like just tough it out like i was looking at my watch today and with the shit that I've been doing this week, I've slept for two hours in in a twenty four hour span. But I don't feel too bad about it, though. So why? Yeah, it's just so I'm working night shift, but I have a lot of shit to do during the day, and okay. my days off were so technically today is my day. It it is weird working. I'm back to it. I'm going to complain about night shift at least once an episode. Uh, But it's weird because it just breaks my brain because I can't like, so this is actually my time off. Like normally I would be in work at this time. So this yesterday, this is your Saturday. So this is your Sunday. Yeah. But when we get into the overs and unders, I'll I'll break it down maybe a little bit more, but I I don't want to spend the whole time bitching because it's been it's been a wild go at it uh lately but basically it's i've just had a full days of like daytime working continued with my schedule's kind of fucked up so i like am not really that tired at night and then also just trying to kind of keep that schedule as well like i went to the gym at like three in the morning or two in the morning last night but i had to swing by the office and like send emails and shit like that both right before going to the gym so so yeah it's it's been a whirlwind but speaking of that let's get into overs and unders i'll let you go first all right so my under for the week actually happened today and maybe because i only had a few days to have an under but um I lost my ticket for parking. So I had to go down to Madison for a training and I lost my uh, parking ticket. So I had to pay the lost ticket price instead of the actual price to park, which does your work, does your work reimburse you for shit like that? I am hoping so. Generally they do. Right. So if I have to drive down there, like that's not part of my normal working cost. And so um, I should get that back. But what, what was the, difference in the price uh so it's like a dollar 80 an hour to park or something like that two bucks an hour it was less than two bucks an hour to park i was there for maybe five hours so 8 30 i got there at like 8 20 because i took a wrong, wrong turn and then i left at like 12 40 right and so i don't know if they would charge me five hours or four hours inside well, yeah whatever 10 bucks right. eight, eight bucks ten bucks right and then it would, so the lost tickets 30 bucks Oh damn! They do. They hit you like like you've yeah. been parked there for a whole day like, or a couple of days. No, no, like a few days. So the max for a day is fourteen bucks. So yeah, they just assume you 
sad left your car there for two days yeah i guess if you left your car there for two days that's not like a bad bad price but but shit man they slap you pretty good for losing that but why how did you lose it like i have have no idea so i must have taken it with me when i went to the training like why no exactly no okay that is not standard no nope nope that like standard would be like put it in your fucking car and then pay for it when you leave right and so i don't know why i would have done that and then i must have pulled something out of my pocket and it fell out of my pocket when i did that must have been what happened yeah no but i i didn't know if you were different from me because i've always just left those like right i mean like almost visible in my car from the outside and i was parking with my wife like that one time and she really really wanted to take the ticket with us like she thought somebody was going to break in to try to steal that ticket to go pay for i like i don't know i guess i guess maybe that's what happened to you is you left it in there and someone broke into your car it's like look i got three dollars off my parking today look at that yeah oh yeah i guess yeah they could have done that so they were parked there for two days and didn't want to do 30 bucks but they could have at least left you their ticket and pricks yeah no kidding then i would have ended up paying like more <laughs> yeah, yeah but, it was expensive today yeah so just like and then i felt like sick to my stomach because i did that but it is what it is i'll submit my receipt and if they don't pay for it they don't pay for it and if they do they do um and then for my overs like so my son which this is kind of an under this is like made me feel like as like a bad parent to some extent doesn't enjoy baseball he's bored with baseball i think does yeah enjoy it. it's that's a tough one like yep because i think you got to get to the point where you're like fairly competent at baseball and like when you're six you're just really not but i do i remember loving we played ragball at six and one yeah. say. And I fucking that was my shit though. Like I love going. But we also didn't have like tablets and shit. Like, you know. True. Yeah. So uh five and six, they play T ball. Um, he's got a few buddies that are down there playing. He wanted to go watch his friends play T ball. And this is how I this is how I turned a little bit of a under, which I do feel like how can I not get him to play baseball? Like isn't that what every kid just wants to do is like play sports all the time? Like, I don't understand kids that don't love that. I really don't. Right. Cause that was what I was is I was the kid that just wanted to play sports every day. And so, uh, he said that he didn't want to go play, but he wanted to go watch his friends. And so we get down there and he's saying stuff like, how are they missing the ball? And like, look, yeah. it was no good. I was like, do you want to get out there? And he's like, and he's like, oh, I don't know. I'd rather just go play catch with you. So I think he's afraid of like talking big and then not being able to play very well, right? That's my yeah. life, right there. Uh, oh yeah, right. Like fear of failure. Yeah, and so like he's like, I'd rather just play catch at home with you. And I was like, well, okay, you know, like we can do that. And then. So we watched the whole practice. So we sat, stood there for an hour that he did not go play T-ball, right? 
And then he uh, comes home and my wife goes, uh, you know, do you want to play? And he goes, yeah, I think I do. Right. And so now I'm like, he's easier to engage with it because he's decided he kind of wants to play. Right. I've tried to, and I force him to hit on occasion. I shouldn't say force him, but I'm like, we're going to hit today. And he's like, oh, I don't want to hit. And then I just toss him right until he gives it. Have you so given him like forcing. some kind of fear of failure type speech? Nope. Nope. So like, I, yeah. And I don't, I don't know for sure that that's it. He doesn't tell me that, right? Obviously. Right, I bet it is. That he'll fail. Right. I'm sure all kids are kind of like that. So my six-year-old had her first game, or my nine-year-old had her first game in for pitching machine today. And usually she hits really well. And she struck out a couple times today. I was not there. I was at a training, but I heard that she struck out a couple times. And so it, obviously that's just like a nervous thing, right? Like a, if she can hit at practice on a pitching machine, there's really no reason that she can't be hitting in the game on a pitching machine, at least making contact. Like you might not be hitting bombs, but you should at least be able to make contact. So you shouldn't be striking out. And so I attribute that all to nerves, right? That like you're nervous and that's why you're not hitting the ball. It's not because the ball is in a different spot. It's not because the ball is really at a different speed. It was a home game, right? You got nervous and got in your head a little bit. And that's a piece of baseball. It's like, you got to be able to stay out of your head and do the mechanics correctly. Yeah. And I, I mean, and it could be, it could be nerves. It could be whatever, but you can't tell me like MLB guys are, well, I'm not saying you can't tell me this, but I don't think the majority of MLB guys are nervous. And I think they can go from a 10 game hitting streak. Uh, oh yeah. Like we yeah, just yeah, see yeah. with, with Weimer and then you could go to getting pinch hit for today because because you are looking goofy out there so it's a weird sport when it comes to shit like and 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 really the greatest hitters in the game right so there's hitters that like even like a jeter or an a-rod or like a bonds like there were times when they just couldn't get on base they couldn't hit right and so well yeah yeah if we want to keep it Wisconsin, like look at Yelich, like 2019 MVP, and like 20 you know, had another, MVP. yeah, but whatever, two great seasons like that. And he's looking really good right now, but yep. I mean it it's been a minute. So he, he was in like almost a two-year slump. Like, I mean, I think I think it's an overrated slump because he does other things so well that. Yeah, it's not like he shouldn't be where he's at, but well, and so like we're talking about a slump for a guy that probably hit twenty bombs instead of forty, right? Yeah, right. So like last year, he probably just is underwhelming for what he actually is, and not underwhelming as a baseball player, right? So for the average left fielder, he's probably just like even, like WAR is probably just zero right now, or last year. Yeah, yeah, he's at one point eight right now. So, I, I, I still don't even really know how 
I don't well, know how a, they calculate that stuff, but like it stands for wins against replacement, right? And so, like, if you were putting another player in there, he's his war is one point eight, right? Like, if you're just plugging like the next dude in. Oh, okay, yeah, and he's he, by- he he accounts for one point eight more wins. I think is kind of how it goes. Okay, yeah, like that stat's kind of like a slap in the face, like. If you got a negative number, um, but he's by far the highest on the Brewers. Next closest to him is Owen Miller, or no, uh, William Contreras right now. I'm, yeah, with catchers, I'm sure there's something. Sorry, I derailed it, but yeah. but yeah, I do. I just think hitting in baseball, like I just remember going to like going up there. But granted, I was nervous, so but it wasn't. I don't, I don't think it was always like nervous because sometimes I was nervous and I hit the shit out of the ball. And then other times, you know, I just, yeah, I think when I hit the ball, I was lucky <laughs> for me. Just shocked. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. What, what happened? Um, and then like the other thing that I did this weekend is, uh, my wife and I invited all our nieces and nephews over to make cookies for father's day for everybody's dance. So, the downfall is we didn't have like a good like design that they could do. We just let them create whatever they wanted, so they created a bunch of random shit. But it was fun. I think anyone come up fun. with like a swastika or something? And- no. Um. So my sister was here for a bit with her kids, right? And so she had she made a butt cookie, and then her kids thought that was pretty hilarious, and so they made a couple more, and then. Her youngest son is three, so he's just a little bit younger than uh, my son. And he makes a cookie. He makes his first cookie, right? And immediately shoves it in his mouth, right? So he's supposed to be making them for and, like, letting them dry and, like, doing shit. And immediately just starts eating it. He probably ate four or five cookies that day. His mom was just like, stop. And she's like, not that she was, like, mad or anything, but. Yeah, it's kind of pounding cute, them. cute shit. Right. Nice. All right. Nice. How'd your week go? Oh, my week has been wild, to say the least. Like as I alluded to earlier, um, just been having a wild situation. I don't think I'm going to get into it too much, but basically, housing stuff has been like falling through and shit like that so i'll get into it a little bit so we had a house lined up everything was good shit fell through at the last second so i'm scrambling to get another place and this super nice lady reached out to me like a week beforehand um seeing if i was still looking for a place and i basically told her like no i I got a place like your place looks awesome i wish i would have seen it earlier and then that place fell through. So I was like, okay, maybe this is actually kind of like a, a blessing because I did like her place more than the other place. But uh, just with the way the military works. So this lady is just like a lady with an extra house. So she's not like a company. She, she's just like a normal landlord, like with an extra house. And for yeah. some reason, that's been an issue, even though it's, way cheaper than if i was staying on base and 
I, I, I won't say way cheaper, but like it's it's cheaper than enough cheaper, right? Yeah, and and things like that. So I've been scrambling to figure out how because we're here now. Like we kind of got told like, oh no, you're good. Like just go for it, and then then they the next day like something would change, and then by the end of the day like it there was just always something on the fence like like we would think we keep thinking we get it figured out and then it's something's on the fence and then it's something's on the fence and it's something's on the yeah. fence like yep like they're like oh no you can you can do it because of this i'm like okay well i'll take that answer like that i like that answer and then like i go to do it and it doesn't work and they're like oh no you can't do that because of this and i'm like i was just told i could do this because of this like so it's been a bunch yeah. of that in which it's been a bunch of anxiety as well so that's why i'm gonna move on from that and chalk my next one up to this so i gotta restart the clock i shit my pants um, this is oh i thought this was a you're just fucking with me this is a real one oh no this was very real um but it was the weirdest one ever I, I think this is like the scariest shit my pants ever because I hope people that I'm working with right now don't listen to this and I'm pretty sure they don't. But yeah, anyway, it's small enough that it doesn't matter. Just tell us your stories, Pat. So I went to the gym before work. Um, sure enough, end up, I don't even know if I should throw these details in. I always forget one thing that day it ended up being my underwear. So I'm free, free balling at oh work. God, that's, that's, yeah, much worse. You got Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah, cause I couldn't just leave. Granted, it wasn't like a bad, like, shit in my pants. And so I'm walking out of the room just cause I have to, like, I was going to go make some coffee or like grab some caffeine or of some sort. I can't remember what exactly I was going to do, but I just had like, the normal old fart oh and yeah then you're afraid to fart for a long time after that that but has that happened to you like where it's uh, like I, it's happened to me but like i was like very like not very worried about it but i was like there's a possibility if i let this fart go i'm gonna shit my pants like that's that's always been the case this one was not that at all i just had a fart and then like I was like, that is the warmest fart I've ever felt ever. And yeah, it was, it was just a normal fart. I don't know if it was just like the stress going on that my body was like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to chalk it up to, but I was like that, if that's how it goes after 32, like <laughs> this is going to be a, a rough world to live in for me for the rest of my life. But but yeah, like I said, it it wasn't much, but I think it was enough to uh, restart the clock. Like when I'm in there, like scrubbing the sh shit. Like luckily, I had like bring like stuff with extra wet wipes in my gym bag and shit like that. Yeah, I think if you have to like try to scrub it out of your pants, that that's probably it's probably enough to reset the clock, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel I don't feel like I've had a fart that turned into a shit in a long time, right? But I think I'm more cautious with farts 
than I have been in a long. Like as an as I age, I get more cautious with farts. Yeah, this. But like I said, like it was that was the weirdest one I've ever had because anytime that's ever happened to me before, there was like a thought in my mind, like this, yeah, this one's happen. gonna. Yeah, this is gonna be a testy one for sure. Like, yeah, we're we're testing the water that we're swimming in before, and this one was just normal, and then it was way warmer than anticipated, and there was some cleanup to do. Right. Yeah. Reset the clock. Move on with Roy. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll move to my overs then. So the house. So we're in the house. It looks like we're all good, but I keep getting answers like that. Like, oh, you should be good. And right now we're sitting in a good wave. But anyways, went out what, to my backyard, which you're sitting happens. In a good, what is a good wave? Well, like, you're saying you're like things. Like it's op- yeah, it, it's optimistic right now, but I've been riding a roller coaster. But yeah, walked out to the backyard. Actually, the landlord must have been by the water for some reason and she texted me and she was like go go out to your back um porch because she's she's our neighbor as well and uh we have a dock in our backyard that's to the ocean and uh and she was like there's a dolphin out there and i got a video of like a dolphin just eating the shit out of some fish in my backyard so that that's been pretty sweet and then the backyard is huge on top of it. So it's kind of a little bit of a walk to the water. And my dogs have just been in heaven, living their best lives, like running around, like going crazy. Like they sleep better than I've ever seen them sleep ever. Right. Just because we can always let them out with us. Like I've, I've been doing some things around the, the place because it is a super nice place. But there was like... It's country. It, it's it's more country than I would have expected in the town that I'm in. So there was some little like you know, brush the path. Uh, do I did some power washing today just because the house looks fine, but like it could have looked better. And we just kind of yep. wanted to. Be, we want to get all the work done at the front end. So she was like, "I'll rent you a power washer." So she she paid for it. But she was just like, if, if you could power wash this, because she's a one, one lady yep. uh, machine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, get like gets it landscaped and stuff. So tomorrow those guys come. Like, so yeah, we're we're settling in now. So I hope uh, we stay good. But I did not see a bear. I see you wrote a question in there. Yeah. So there, bear. and I, it, maybe it's not even in the same place, but it uh, a bear. Like swam up in the ocean in Destin, black bear. Yeah, no, there's there's more bears around here than I would anticipate. I've never seen one, but I've seen Facebooks of people in this area uh, where there's quite a few bears. And I seen a fox on my way home from the gym last night too. And oh, nice. I think I've only seen a fox in the wild three. I think that's the third time I've seen a fox. In the yeah, so. uh, I've seen a lot in the last probably like 10 years. And I think before that, I had never seen one or I'd maybe seen one. 
Yeah, no, and they're always like majestic. Oh, I guess I can, can say I seen four. The cutest fox I've ever seen was in Vegas. I was like at Nellis Air Force Base in Vegas, and I was driving from like the flight line to the weather shop, and I seen like I don't know one of the cutest animals I've ever seen before. So then when I got in there, I was like, I didn't know these people very well because I was just on an AT, like an annual training up there. So like a two week stint up there. And I was like, have you guys ever seen like these cute little like cat looking things? It wasn't like yeah, your like dog type thing. Yeah. It wasn't your typical like orange fox with the white tip or with the white yeah. tip of the tail. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's like desert boxes out there that are like tiny and yeah like i said they're they're cute as shit like i, I would have walked up to it and tried to give it food but um it's pretty skittish oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> all right you ready to get in get into it the sports the sports the sports so let's start in the nba so the Nuggets close up the Heat 94 to 89 and working night shifts. I can't even that was two nights ago. So Monday night was Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. Monday up. night. Um yeah. So finished that series in five five games. And all I had was I think this has to be one of the more dominant playoff runs in the NBA of maybe all time but i remember so when i was typing that i was like this this might sound stupid cuz i bet you the warriors probably have done something better Re- no but they kept running into lebron in the finals so like yeah they would have that tougher test but so i the bet lakers you lakers uh, only lost one game one year oh okay. they had Jack that, and kobe so they lost one game in the finals to the sixers and they would they were undefeated in the playoffs before that damn that was the year the bucks should have been going to get I, them. I believe that's that year but they were there was one year that they only lost a finals game yeah i mean if it's the year that they played the sixers in the finals that, and that's that the one i think it was i'm like 99 sure but okay but yeah so there are better but, ones but yeah but yeah they Close out the T Wolves four to one in the first round. I was kind of surprised they dropped dropped one. And then looking at that, so I wasn't paying too close attention to the West, especially that early in the playoffs. I was still too pissed about the Bucks getting their shit kicked in by the yep. Heat. But that seemed to be like Jokic's worst series, and I assume it's because they didn't need him as much. Um, so they were kind of saving them for the next round. I, I don't know that for a fact, but then they move on to the Suns and pretty loaded up Suns team. They take down four to two, never a doubt, sweep the Lakers 4-0, and then beat the Heat four to one. And I think they were doubted for for most of, I wouldn't say doubted, but like I don't ever remember somebody like before the playoffs going like, yeah, it's the Nuggets. Like even though they were the one seed. Yeah, so right before the um, playoffs, I guess they went into a bit of a slump. Like they okay. had like 10 games where they were only okay. So that might have been a piece of it as well. And then so that might have been 
why you struggled in the first round as well? I guess it could have been like, for all I know, it could have been like some like hampering thing was going on. Um, but, but like I said, I assume it's, they didn't need him as much, but yeah, if you look at what Jokic did in the finals, so 40 or 27 points in game one, 10 rebounds, 14 assists, then 41 points. 11 rebounds, four assists in game two. The game they lost. And then I said, okay, I think the Heat's going to take him to seven. And then he goes 32, 21, 10, 23, 12, 4, 28, 16, 4 in the closeout game. So dominance, pure domination. And I want to say in the closeout game, he was in. Or maybe it was the game before. One of them, he was in foul trouble, too, in, in some, I don't know, some bullshit call. Um, right. Gave him his fifth, and he was sitting for, for quite some time. But congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. And I guess my question for you is, you think this is a, a team that's going to have some staying power, like a couple finals appearances? In it should. Them? So I heard today that um, so their number two guys, Jamal Murray, is on like contract for like two years. They have that Michael Porter Jr. He's on like a five-year contract or a four-year contract, just got picked up. Like everybody on their team has like outside of Murray has at least two years. Right okay. on contract. So it's like, and I think everybody else is like four and five years for the most part. And so Everybody that's getting real playing time has a lot of time up. Now, pretty easily, like you can get dinged up and have an injury. And then, especially in basketball, you lose some of your explosiveness. And that could wreck a whole dynamic there, right? Or if somebody decides that they're the star on that team and it's not Joker, then you might run into a whole different fucking problem. But I think that they're going to be really good for a few years. Yeah, and I think it's when it's a guy like Jokic that's not like – he doesn't strike me as the guy that comes into the locker room that, like, asserts his dominance and is like, hey, I'm I'm the guy on this team. I think he's just the guy on this team, and he's like, I'll prove it to you by playing with me and, like, being an unselfish player. Because I I find it kind of fascinating. So, you know, their third or fourth best player is Aaron Gordon. And when he was in Orlando, he was the guy who sold tickets in Orlando. Like, he was was the man in Orlando. And it just shows you how freaking hard it's got to be to win an NBA title. And, And, like not getting into it too deep but it kind of like makes you see like i mean we we've seen it already with the heat and lebron james chris bosh and uh Dwayne wade like three of the two of the best players in the league and then i would say three of the top you know 15 at yeah. least yeah you know bosh was bosh very was very good. good yeah and you know they they got beat by san antonio just uh all around great team 
Um, I can't remember. Did they get beat by somebody else? But I think they won or they lost it the first year. They won the next two and then they lost the last one. Okay. I can't I remember. Like, I don't know if they went to the finals in the last one, but yeah. like, I feel like they were there four years and they won two titles. They lost the Mavericks. That was Dirk's um, kind okay. of like, you know, if, right. if he's going to get one, this is this has got to be your did it. And then Dirk just went yeah. nuts. Yeah, went nuts and, and won that one. So, yeah, good, good recall, Mike. We're a good team on that one. But yeah, that's all I got for the NBA stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. I know you said something. I, I missed this interview, but if you want to get into Jokic's yeah. So they so somebody said that like asked him if he was going to be there for the parade on Thursday. And he said, No, I'm going home. Something along those lines, or like I gotta go home, right? So he doesn't he speaks kind of broken English. And uh they're like, Well, the parade's on Thursday, and he kind of just was like Ah, oh, god damn it! Like I gotta stay here until Thursday now, right? And so, uh, just kind of funny. I heard oh, I heard it on the McAfee show, and they they were making fun of it pretty hardcore, right? Because that's what they do. But I don't think that he cares that much. I guess they have video of him with the champagne bottle in the locker room, and he just didn't really do much with it, you know. And so. He just seems like a guy that wants to play basketball. He wants to win, obviously. I don't think you get there without wanting to be a dominant player in basketball, but he doesn't take basketball very seriously, I don't think. Yeah, in the sense that like, it doesn't ruin his day at the end of the day, one way or the other, or apparently like make his day. But I, I definitely think that's like a weight off of his shoulders that like, now yeah. it's easy, easy for him to act like that afterwards. Because I think if you keep losing in those situations, like then you're kind of like, can I do this? But I think he's kind of like, I knew I could do it. Now I did it. Like, yeah. All right. And maybe like too cool for school. I wonder if he'll look back on it and be like, you know, I should have, I should have enjoyed that more. Like when I was like, and, and who knows? Like di- different folks, different strokes. Like he may, yep. he's enjoying it some other way. Like, yeah, maybe he's like just privately getting fucking hammed up and like partying with his brothers and some of his teammates, but he doesn't want to do it in front of cameras and shit. It's funny, like a Wisconsin podcast thinks like that's how you have to celebrate. Like that is how they all celebrate. <laughs> okay, so I think Jokic is probably only like. 26 right he's not like 40 like he's probably really young everybody on that team's probably under 29 years old for the most part yeah joke is just 20 how else do you celebrate like winning a championship i don't know but like that's that's what i think is funny about it is like i i guess maybe like go somewhere cool like Shit, I don't know, Bali or something and look what, Tom, look what Tom Brady did when he uh won the one the Bucks won Tampa. Yeah, just hammed up. Yeah. Mahomes too. Mahomes gave away the uh trophy, I think. Like handed it to a dude. Yeah, no, I, I guess though, like that it is you're you're right. Like that's that's what we do as it, I guess Americans. Really yeah. But I, 
I'm trying to think. So Messi, when when they won the World Cup in Argentina, that shit was just insane. Like it seemed like those guys weren't drinking that much for their own sake. Like they might get too drunk at this parade. I don't know where I'm gonna end up. Like I don't think it's gonna be like anyone's getting killed because they're beloved there by like that shit was nuts inside oh, yeah yeah i mean but like do you, th- do you think when they're in like safety that they do just get hammed up like it's just a party i bet you it's it's better to you know like as, as much as like i'm sure they appreciate the fans and love the fans but like it's always like the people like you were in the trenches with when you're doing yeah. it. It's who you're gonna have the most fun talking to, hanging out with. So, so yeah, I'm sure like, yeah, you don't need to go out and go crazy. But I loved uh, PJ Tucker for it. Like he he didn't hold shit back, uh, showing showing how excited he was and. And yeah, I mean, the more you look at that, like, the more you're like, he was a huge. I mean, not that we ever doubted it when it when it happened. Like everyone was in love with PJ Tucker in Milwaukee. Yeah, and like um, he was a big piece of the reason that, like, they had any defensive scheme around Kevin Durant. Yeah, right. Like he was a, like a big piece of that. I mean, yeah, helped the Bucks tremendously in that championship run. Yeah, and right. then came up with uh, you got to have that dog in you. Like, I mean that that blew up after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can jump on over to the NFL and uh, kind of some news around that. Uh, Adrian Amos signs with the Jets, so Aaron Rodgers pulls the trigger on another. Another signing for the Jets looks like I'm just, I mean, I'm just kind of ragging them. I don't think that it's necessarily the worst move in the world. Um, I think Amos is good. I think he's been a plus player for most of his time with the Packers. Um, would have kind of liked to see the Packers bring him back due to the fact that our safety room does not look super dominant, but kind of is what it is. I am surprised that the Jets are signing anyone from the Packers on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, but I do think Adrian Amos is like, he's been there. He's done that. Like he's been yeah, he's a good player on decent defenses. He, he gets kind of drugged through the mud, I feel like, a little bit. But <clears throat> honestly, I even was like a, a decent – Clint Dix guy, and if you want to call it a deal or whatever it was, like, I mean, it was both free agency, you know, Amos comes to the Packers, Dix goes to the Bears, like, Amos was definitely the better end of, oh, yeah. of, yep. of that that deal. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Packer fan, you can't complain. You outperformed the guy that was playing there before. So. For sure. And, you know, so, like, I just I find it amusing the number of Packers that are going to the Jets, but you know, 
it is what it is. I get it, I guess, a little bit too. I understand it, but it's just funny to me. And then uh, Stefan Diggs did not show up to the first day of mandatory OTAs. Um, he had a meeting with their head coach, uh, Sean McDermott, and then left the facility, which seems really, really weird. Like came in, talked to them. And then when McDermott was asked about if he was concerned, he said, yeah, I'm really concerned about it. And then wouldn't answer any more questions around it. So it seems similar to the stuff that was happening in Minnesota, right? When he left yeah. Minnesota or wanted out of Minnesota, but <clears throat> it does sound like uh, he doesn't have a real option because of the way his contract is structured to be traded at all. So, Yeah. That that shit always gets tough when um I I yeah, I, I guess what do you do? Do you just swallow that that he's not gonna be playing for you for a whole year and you're just gonna pay him or whatever? I I would yeah. assume you restructure his contract, make him happy because you know he's a top five guy and Right, but if it's not about money, like he's making like twenty four million, so I don't understand like if it's a money issue, like how much more can you really get, especially yeah. on that team? You probably can't get much more on that team. And you're on one of the you know six contenders, if you want to right. say. So you're on a contender. You're making money. Like I don't, I don't get it. I mean, and honestly, like. In Minnesota, you were on a team that had a shitload of weapons when you decided to leave, too. Yeah, and I'm curious if maybe that's the thing. If, But I'm trying to even think, like, what are the other weapons in Buffalo? I know there are some, but my brain... So they have the Dawson-Knox tight yeah. end. Uh, their wide receivers are okay. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie and yeah, I mean that's good. I, I can't name them really even right, so I can't name two or three all three wide receivers. And then they just drafted that um, the tight end that the Packers are looking at out of Utah, Dalton Kincaid. Okay, I should yeah. say the Packers so, are looking. I have no idea if that's true, but felt like yeah. That. And just from what I'm gathering from right here. So it seems like he's paid reasonably. He's the number one guy. He's not yeah. a contender. Like, I, what's, I, what's right, the I'm next? Gonna... Like, more money? Uh, but I guess, I think those guys look at, like, the other guys' contracts a little I'm bit sure. too much. And There's certain I've, guys that do, right? Yeah, and I'm sure someone's getting paid more than him. He's getting told by his agent that wants money as well. That you know, like this is your window. Like if you're gonna make money, restructure right. this contract, get get this shit. Like right now, I, I guess I say I'm sure. I have no freaking clue, but um, there's always I, something going on, right? And so I don't understand why, like, like what his beef is. But he's having some beef with the Bills, and that kind of big news due to the fact that they're a contender, and he's one of the best players in the league. Right. So like our best wide receivers in the league at the very least, if you don't want to say best player. Um, yeah, so just kind of something weird. Uh yeah, and that's one of those that's like 
just dumb shit for guys like you and I to talk about for three minutes, yeah. like in the off season, because there's nothing better going on. Like, yeah. And this uh, is the best time to have a little drama around your team, I guess, is in June and not in. Or the summer. worst. Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, the, like, the you way can always play, patch but like, time. Yeah, in the sense of that, but like in the sense of like there's nothing going on. So even if it's like something tiny, it gets blown out of proportion. It's yeah, where I would say that it turns into a worse situation. Whatever. We can we can move on. Yeah. Uh we'll jump over to the NHL and just uh, the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup on Tuesday night. Um, it felt like they had a pretty impressive run. I think they went four and four and one over their thing. And then I would just like to remind everyone that last summer I did switch my team to um, the Golden Knights, so I'm now a like a Stanley Cup champion. I feel like. Yeah, Jumped how does it feel? It, it feels awesome, really. I mean. Like I barely even knew that it happened. So but I do feel good that I switched my team to the Knights just in time. Yeah, no, I I was dead set on trying to get all my buddies that didn't have a hockey team already to jump on the Golden Knights the first year. So I was like, let's do this, let's do this. But the be them in that time zone sucks for one. Yeah. Uh, yep, for us, I get it. And then two, they like were too good right off the bat, which kind of feels like. But you're you you're in from day zero. Like I was definitely not in from day zero. I don't even know that I knew that there was an expansion team <laughs> until yeah. I started working at. Uh, and I think it was in the first year that I was at um, uh, Sandridge, but like the guy that worked across the he worked on the same unit as me but he was across the hall uh he had season tickets right he had bought season tickets in the first okay. and so uh like paid off for him immensely right because they he just figured if people are in vegas like they might want to go to a hockey so i'll get tickets and then i can just sell them as they go but them make did they make it to the stanley cup finals in year one yeah i think so yeah, yeah they, like so he got to sell all those playoff tickets too and it was yeah what it did really well with them yeah but, but yeah that's what we got oh and then you see that crazy stat about second period goals 52 goals in the second period over the playoffs huh i feel like this is is this fake stat you're smiling at me like this is a fake stat no 52 goals all right that's pretty cool i don't know if that's good or not i have no idea i do not yeah. I'll, I'll ask my hockey guy tomorrow it's 52 goals in the second period over the course of 16 games good seemed good yeah. no i There's, was it is a fake stat the so the thing that's real about it is they did score the most goals in the second period of any playoff team of all time i can't remember what it was but i wanted to put a number that was too high but not and now i already ruined it because so i wanted it so like people told people like can you believe they scored 52 like 10 people out in this world yeah so i i, I called it out <laughs> so that's why it got ruined i got you i could have i could have rolled with that no uh, i, I could read it though 
you yeah. could have read it and then i would have been like oh yeah that's real uh, but i wanted you to sound dumb and i wanted other people to believe it and then the people who didn't believe it to be like mike's dumb. how so, can this guy even know anything about fucking hockey why does he even talk about it yeah um, that's that's our hockey cover all right jump into other all things that i want to be like what the fuck is going on we'll jump over to barking about the brewers yeah let's let's do it so yeah brewers on a six game losing streak right now uh not looking too good so i was outside doing some work with uh with the radio call in my ear today and just an absolute clown show collapse as the radio people told me they could have been lying to me uh in bobby don't lie to people come on now it wasn't it wasn't bob euchre i don't think bob euchre was on for a inning at all i don't know so in a away game he might not do away yeah, game then. he doesn't so i think he's done with with the away games um but yeah so like mike just alluded to they were at target field in minnesota take an early two-run lead and then um just I would say a comedy of errors, but they weren't like air errors. Like someone was dropping the ball, uh, give up four runs in the third. And I think that's what the final was. I don't have it up four to two, yeah, but four to two. But this is how it's been going for the Brewers right now. Um, if we do have a positive side, and Mike did a good job with his Brewers stuff uh, not too long ago uh Yelich is hitting the shit out of the ball right now so he's brought his average up to 269 um but over the last seven games he's hitting 320 uh, two homers five rbis and it seems like his second stretch of the season uh where where this has been the case uh yeah Colin Ray I want to say got the start today I should know because I listened to it uh and he just didn't get much help uh, in that that inning so one bad inning and then the Brewers bats go cold so that's kind of what we got going on uh for the Brewers I don't know if you got much to add to it Mike I know you did did your little breakdown no I don't but like so they got swept by the twins and the A's. So the twins were the two game series. Um, and speaking of the A's, I hope they get a better name when they move to Las Vegas. Like they got to have something better. So I listed off a few ones that I would be accepting and everything else I think is like dog shit. Maybe we should um, go online and get the licenses for these. The Las Vegas wise guys, I think would be a good one. I only like one on your list so give give the people people your okay. list the gamblers the kings i don't did i put the kings in there do you put i did not i did not touch this shit. i don't know why i put the kings in there no i have a reason i put the kings and i can't think of what it is anymore but i do remember probably some sort of card reference because you have another i think this should yeah, be the maybe. queens the four ladies 
the four ladies, just the four ladies. Uh, I think they could go with the Aces, but I, there might already be like a WNBA team that's the Aces. Is that the Las Vegas Aces? I don't know if they're Las Vegas, but yeah, there's definitely the Aces okay. in the WNBA. And, and then I think you could go with like the Pit Bosses. I think that would be all right too. So I'm going to adamantly disagree with you on this one because I've been turned on to a new thing. I got to look at my phone here real quick to remember exactly what it's called. But it, it is a recap that, so it's called, so it's on MLB Network or whatever, the MLB ticket, whatever it's called. And it's the recap rundown. And it's like 45 minutes of all the games. And it's so much better than like sports center or anything like that like you get like a real feel for like every single game that went on and my big like weird takeaway from it or like non-sporting takeaway of it there's way too many and i know you didn't say change the colors but there's way too many blue teams in baseball and it was kind of blowing my mind and I don't know if we touched this when we did like the best uniforms of all times, but the A's, man, they're clean. Like I love like the A's baseball team. So if you are going to switch it, I, I don't think you, I don't think you can. I think you keep them the A's and keep the uniforms like the same scheme. Aces would work though. So if, if you did the aces and then like brought back uh the pitching staff that uh damian miller caught for yeah brought in molder carpenter and zito i think yeah so then you got the cy young aces there but oh yeah if you can get the aces back that'd be awesome yep 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 and then yeah then that's what you do as a team is you just invest in all the best pitching don't don't worry about anything else and then you can be called the aces but that that was my takeaway was there's a lot of blue teams in baseball i was going to pull up a list and go through all of them but i'm not going to do that but if we want to go just so the brewers blue minnesota twins kind of blue colorado rockies are purple or purple the purple that don't count yeah no i I won't count the rockies either so boston no they're so blue or red is is very dumb i want to say the so but like we got the mariners the blue jays the brewers the rays for sure the dodgers Um, the dodgers i think you could throw um atlanta on there they're blue and red Navy blue and red. Yeah. Six right there. Detroit is kind of like a navy blue. Yeah. The Royals are blue. Yeah. And I think the Yankees are black and white. So that one go. Houston, Texas. Dude. Yeah. Texas the Rangers. Yep. So there's like yeah, the ring. a third of them are blue. Or have like Cubs. We didn't even we didn't even get to the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Way, way too much blue in baseball. So I do respect, I think the A's are the only green team in the whole game. So, so you can't, can't take away my green 
is what I would okay. say. So if you move, I don't even want a name change. I like the athletics. Stand strong. But poor Oakland. Sorry, Oakland. Rest in peace. Well, um, produce all a your fucking teams. winner. Like, I don't like, I guess the ownership probably isn't changing, but like nobody goes, they won't put a fucking winner on the field. Like they stayed there for probably an extra 10 years because of the money ball shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am always, let's just put an expansion team up. Like we don't need to necessarily move a team. I, I guess though, in that area, that's yeah so they do have they do have the las vegas desert dogs already there that's where they play they play at that's where they play that softball game at is in that stadium is that double a triple a i would assume that they have a double a or triple it's one of them they're like the like fifth largest city in the country they got to have a probably a pretty yeah i would assume it's triple but uh, they got like a a triple A pull of a city in there. I would imagine because because yeah your double A circuits like I feel like double A is the south like I live right now I live in double A country like I got the Blue Wahoos are the uh, blue they're the Marlins affiliate then I got the Biloxi Shuckers so I got the Brewers affiliate. You go up north, you get two Mississippi teams, and then you go out east to the Jumbo Shrimp in Jacksonville. So this area is double-A baseball. I want to say triple-A goes like Nashville to San Antonio to Vegas. Like, yep. is kind yeah, of I, would, I would imagine that the Desert Dogs are probably like triple-A or something. I'd have to look into it. but Because in theory, there's only 28 triple-A teams, right? really why is that right so 28 major league baseball teams 28 triple a teams oh shit i yeah i didn't even have the um what are they called the desert dogs yeah this is saying it's a lacrosse team mike it's a baseball field pretty sure it's uh the desert dogs yeah but now, now that I think of it, no, dude, they're a lacrosse team. Okay. You were wrong. You were wrong. The I got sunglasses time. from a baseball stadium <laughs> that said Las Vegas Desert Dogs on them. I assumed it was the baseball team. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs are a lacrosse team based in Las Vegas, Nevada, playing in the National Lacrosse League, NLL. The 2023 season is the inaugural season. So you got lacrosse glasses, you weirdo. That's okay. Comfortable. I got a lacrosse start, now, too. You're going to start roof, roofing people. And uh, they didn't do that. I'm trying to. Yeah. They didn't do you. That's that's bad that that's what I think of when it comes to lacrosse. It's like that's what I think of too. I think is that that's where it comes back to. But all right, but yeah. So, what did you know? What do you know about baseball, Pat? Okay, so you set me up. Yeah. So this is my new segment segment from uh, what I was talking about the rundown that I watch. I'm gonna pick one or two guys that very much impressed me, and I think 
when I was a younger kid that they would be my favorite players. So guys, Pat discovered in baseball this week by watching the rundown. It's a little, it's a little long winded, but Ellie De La Cruz from the Reds dude can just lie, like just changes the game on the bases. And I love that. Like, I want to say he had like an infield single stole second and then a blue, uh, and scores the game-winning run. So that, that was amazing. And then we give a shout-out to the old R-Dog because um, there's a guy on the Braves with the last name Riley, and then there's a guy on the Braves with the last name Olsen. But the dude that I discovered this week, Matt Olsen from the Braves, just hit the longest home run of the the 48 minute that I watched with baseball this week. And maybe that's that's what I'll point out. But man, that dude can hit the ball a long fucking ways. Like it was long gone. So those are two guys on my radar now. And like I said, check that out. You get a MLB ticket or whatever. I know lots of people that listen to this in Wisconsin wouldn't really be worth it just for that. But it's it's been changing my mornings I, I get home from work at 5 50 in the morning put that on try to stay up for the whole thing and if i don't i usually go back to see like where i tapped out at but that's all i got ellie de la cruz is one of my new favorite players dude can run all right do the brewers need to trade for him ah uh, shit no i i mean I mean, I think it's one of those guys that you would love to have on your team for like just pure. Uh, I didn't look up his stats or anything. I just seen him run really fast, and then then I was cool with him. Didn't they used but, to have a guy that was like that too? They could never make it to the pros. Hamilton, maybe Billy Hamilton. I don't recall because when you think of like the fastest brewers of all time like i'm trying to even think like this guy's just like i, I want to say he's like pretty tall too like just lanky and like his slides are cool and things things like that but yeah if i'm thinking of like fastest brewers of all time you know yelich gets out and he runs pretty quick but usually right. our guys with some speed have some pop too. Um, uh, so Gomez, yes, Carlos Gomez. He was, a, was yeah, Gomez, a, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he was like not even necessarily in his prime when we had. Him. He kind of was. I mean, kinda, he was kind of not. It, like, I want to say his hype train was way bigger then, right? So when he was with the Mets, I think that they did not want to trade for like. Because they traded him for some like superstar with the twins, right? No, that's not how it went down. Because he was he was traded for JJ Hardy. So we traded no, no, JJ. No, 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 no. So this is when he's in like minor league ball. Like his oh, life gotcha. was like the best player in minor league baseball at the time. And I want to yeah. say he was traded from the Mets to the Twins for like I don't I don't know. Like some superstar and i can't i want to say it's jose reyes but it must not have been right 
who was an elite level shortstop at the time. Speaking but, of a guy that can scoot. Yeah, but Gomez's hype train was super, super high. Yeah, he was definitely like a top prospect. I get what you're saying now, but I did love what Gomez brought to the table. Like, I can't yeah, remember very, very if good. if he secured a gold glove, but he should have if he didn't. Um, I don't think he did. So, but he good enough for a gold glove. Yeah, which is crazy, but but he did have, have like a couple of good seasons with the bat, and like every once in a while when he got into one, it would go along. I think an oh, uh, yeah. underrated thing about that dude is like he was big too. Uh, yep. Because I want to say he was like six four, six five. Like, oh, I didn't realize he was probably that big. But let me let me fact check it. But that, but that's what all I got for my guys around baseball. So if you want to move well, on to driving fast and turning left, I'll look up uh, how big so this was. Yep. So Martin Truex Jr. Um, started eighth and finished first with another win at Sonoma. Booyah. We're going to the chase, people. No chance we're missing the chase these days. I was pretty excited Hell, when somebody won it. Hell yeah. And I was pretty sad that I missed last week's episode because I watched 75 laps of the race. I don't remember exactly. I want to say like Ryan Laney won it or whoever won it Blaney. was just dominant. Blaney, Blaney uh, won it. Truex finished fifth, I think. So, yeah, no, he he did all right because I think when I tuned in, uh, he was like 18th, so he was still in like the ticker where they put on the side, like where you could kind of watch him pretty consistently. Uh, and then ended up finishing, I want to say eighth. I, I don't remember if you could have been. You may, you may be right. It might have been fifth. So, I mean, always in the top 10. We are Mr. Consistent, fucking driving fast, cranking some lefts and going yep. for it. And was this the road course? Cause I think, I think you might have took a couple rights in this one. Uh, I'm not sure. Who's that? Sonoma. <laughs> no idea. I'm pretty sure like a road course, but it could have been. I don't know. Uh, because it was only 300, it was a 350, so that's 350 miles. I think it was like 171 laps or something, 119 laps. I don't know, it doesn't matter. He won, that's all that matters. That's a, and like he's won there like five times or something like that. It is, it is a road course, so maybe our boy is uh better at. Not just driving past and turn left. You need to give him a couple right turns. He can turn right too. Yeah, yeah. So we we got the best the best driver of them all. But yeah. pretty cool. Do you know where he's sitting in the standings now? Because now I'm curious. Because that was news. To I me. do not. I did not. Uh, I did not look. I think there's a guy that's got three wins. Does Will Byron have three wins? I think that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Because I was talking to my uncle-in-law during the race. And I was getting that Byron and Blaney mixed up. And I was like, yeah, I think he, this guy's already got three wins this season. So this is going to be his fourth. Um, and I was wrong about it. We did look it up. So, yeah, William Byron, three wins, two poles, whatever. Anyway, he's in first place. Kyle Bush is in second place. He also has three wins. And then Martin Truex Jr., 
third in the standings, baby. We are sitting good. We are definitely making a chase this year. So, oh, no, God, no it feels good. God, feels it feels good. good. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll jump over to the, to golf, um, and we got the U.S. Open this week. Did you happen to look where it's at? I'm not sure. I know it's out in California, some somewhere, Pebble Beach, probably. Like, yeah, it actually it's, at Pebble Beach. I know uh, it's in 2023 U.S. Open prediction picks. If it's one of the nine golfers will win this. It all in Los Angeles, so. I don't know. It's not like hyping the course like it normally does in an article like this. I'm sure yeah. uh, we'll find it, but uh, I'm just looking for an article with odds so I can pick some some oddballs, and I do not find a good one. So I will let you lead off while I uh, Google Google the odds and All right. make my picks that way. So I'm going to take Scotty Scheffler, and I'll kind of write these in so they know that you're – you want me to just take all five of my guys? No. You can pick no. after that. Are we yeah. taking four so or five? You're going with the favorite, so I'm going to go with uh, John as next in line. Uh, you took Scotty Scheffler plus 600. I'm going to take Rom plus 900. And he's done me well there when I picked him in these challenges. So that's me. And then I get another one. Uh, as you can tell, I haven't done too much research yet. So I am going to go with – God, I don't want to do – Rory. I'm going to go Brooks Kepko. I can start typing a little bit. You look for yours. I'll take you. All right. So I already got who mine's going to be. I'm going to go with Victor Holman. That's the top four right there. We took all the top four odds for this one. Um, but I'm going to take Victor Holman with the idea that uh, – he hits a lot of fairways, and you're going to need to do that in order to win this baby. Heard the rough is very rough. All right. Uh, I like a oh. little bit of the insight. I honestly did not even put together the U.S. Open was this week. Um, but you got one more pick, so finish right, so off. My, ne my next pick is going to be Max Homa, and that's because, from what I understand, he holds the course record here with a 61. Oh, he might might be like his home course. Okay, so I am gonna go with uh, Colin Morikawa, and then I will finish it off with Jordan Speed, just to be boring. But yeah, sorry. Usually we have a little bit more fun with our. Uh, are you? Are we coverage. taking four or five? Let's just take four. Okay, so I'm going to take uh, – Oh, you got one more. My bad. Rory. All right. Get Rory. Which, oh, Rory's, Rory's the one who's uh, screwed me over twice. Missed the cut at the Masters, missed the cut at uh, the PGA. So he's going to do better this time, dominate. 
All right. Mm-hmm. I want a f- I want a fun guy to pit, but so you already got four. As I oh do I? Yeah. Oh, it dropped it down. Okay, good, 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 good. So yeah, it shot off the sheet. I didn't really want to pick another guy, anyways. But that's our uh, lame U.S. Open coverage for the week. Um, I gave you. But I, I am happy. I gave yeah. you some good picks if you want to gamble on it. But yeah, it's going to be a good uh, week at work uh, with my extra screen baseball and golf. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Nice. All right. So um, moving on from the uh, U.S. Open, which we should have probably covered and we should have had Mark. Sorry, Mark. Should have reached out to you, but we've been scrambling the last couple of weeks, if you haven't noticed. So uh, I did I did realize something today that kind of made me made my heart hurt. Um, Hufflepuff in uh, Harry Potter are the Badgers. And Hufflepuff is basically the house that'll take anybody. They don't care who they get. And so it makes me a little bit um, less proud to be a Wisconsinite. We're going to call this segment, What's on Your Brain? And it'll be either one of us. So that's what's on Mike's brain. Yeah, so I didn't really realize that they were the Hufflepuff Badgers until until tonight. And then I thought, well, the Wisconsin's the Badgers. Like, I feel like Wisconsin is Gryffindor, and obviously it's not. Because Gryffindor always wins, right? Well, so that's Harry Potter's house, so that's the coolest house, right? Yeah, I'm curious if it is. I, I think I would be in uh, Gryffindor, but I probably won't. I'd probably be put into. I don't think I'd be in the mean one uh, because Slither. I don't really look out for myself. I feel like Ravenclaw has like a a darkness about it too that I don't fit into. So I would probably be a Hufflepuff. Raven really makes sense. So Ravenclaw is an intelligence one. Do you feel like you fit into the intelligence one? No, no. Yeah, and so not at all. And so I think for me, there's a good possibility that I just fall into the leftovers and I go to Hufflepuff. So maybe that's why it hurts me so much. Yeah. No, that that would be interesting too. Like they do. They always break stuff down into four. Like we have our Ninja Turtles uh, analogy. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Is Michelangelo, is he the Hufflepuff? Is he kind of like what's left of the, like what you need? But you need these people, right? But like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't so we're good. Have, <laughs> that ain't so bad. I, I'm on board. <laughs> Hufflepuff is Michelangelo. I can deal with that. All right. All right. Let, but let's link the other. So Slytherin, I would have to say, we we shit on uh, Raphael quite a bit, but Slytherin's going to have to be Raphael, right? Or, oh, 100% is. Looks out for himself, kind of like uh, more yeah. like aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with Ravenclaw, that. Ravenclaw, Donatello, Griffin, for sure. Yeah. Leonardo. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah, it actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> they just stole... They just stole T- TMNT. I hate it. I hate him now. Fucking Harry yep. Potter. Just stole yep. it. 
There's um, there hasn't been anything creative that's came out after Ninja Turtles. That one thing they have the fast all the world from. <laughs> we got him. Yeah. Uh, so I feel better about life now. Thank you for walking me through that. Michelangelo might be a Hufflepuff, and now I feel feel much better about it. That all right. What else is on your brain, Mike? They're the fun people. Um. So I've been listening to a lot of stuff about irrational behavior, which is a guy by the name of Danny uh, Ariely talks about this kind of stuff. And it's basically things that are that you do that aren't in your best interest or that you do. And it doesn't really make sense why you do it. So um, a good example would be that. uh organ donation in places like Sweden and Norway, which are like almost the exact same type of culture, right? One is at like 15 per, or 15% and one's at like 85%. 85% of the people sign up in this country and 15% in this country. But their cultures are about the same. Like they have the same like history, basically like obviously not exactly the same, but very, very similar, right? But they have, in this category, they're like complete opposites. And it all comes down to whether or not the government puts on there that you have to opt in to organ donation or opt out of organ donation. Doesn't actually matter what your personal feelings are on organ donation, right? So like, if you have to check a box on your driver's license to get it, you won't do it. And if you don't have to check a box, you will. Right. You will give up your organs if you like people will just do what they don't have to do. Um, and he talks a lot about cheating as well. And if someone in your social group cheats or like someone in your group cheats, then everyone else in that same group is more likely to cheat. Right. And so the, his example was they brought everybody in, they gave them a test and uh they gave and then they paid one actor and they there's no way you could have finished all the questions on this test is what he says right so they give him like 15 minutes to do this test it has like 100 questions on it guy stands up after like three minutes and he says all right i'm done with the test and uh so basically everybody knows he cheated right because there's no way you could have finished 100 questions in that amount of time and then he takes and they offer money for each. You grade your own paper, but they offer money for each um, question you get right. And he takes all of the money. So he finished the entire test and he takes all of the money and he leaves. And so they saw a huge uptick in cheating if you did that, right? And then they did two more tests and they did it at some college. I can't remember what it was, um, but it was, there's two colleges in this in this city so in pittsburgh or whatever i think it was pittsburgh it wasn't pittsburgh university but it was two colleges in pittsburgh and they they had a guy with a pittsburgh sweatshirt do that right and then like if it was if it was at pittsburgh university then they would all do it but if it was this other university in pittsburgh that they had the sweatshirt on of then everybody else yeah, yeah sure. who cares then everybody else cheated less right because they thought we are not that guy like that's those shitty 
Pittsburgh guys that cheat, or that's those shitty Penn guys that cheat, but it's not us. Um, yeah, so, like, and really, they all could have just got up, taken the money. It wouldn't have mattered, right? They were cheating, like, it wouldn't have mattered. And so, like, he just says that people act irrationally. I've been watching a lot of his stuff, and he's a fairly interesting guy. And so, makes yeah. it pretty clever, too. And it, I've been digging into a lot of, like, behavioral stuff due to, like, work and then the crisis negotiation stuff. I think my favorite experiment of all time that I've ever heard of is like the Stanford, not the Stanford one. I think the Stanford one is the prison. Like they pay people to be prison guards and like prisoners and they started acting like it. But the one where they like kept telling the people to torture the people and they like just kept like cranking it up. Like while the people were like screaming and then like they turned it up to the point like where they would die i can't remember what they were like obedience yeah what the exact things are but it was yeah it's fucked up right like you have to hit this button or whatever and they can hear them scream but like they can't see them right because mm-hmm. they're not actually torturing people but yeah i think i've heard about that one i mean the prison what the the stanford prison experiment is fucked up too like if you watch a, the documentaries or the movies about that like just like no time at all before people like it turns into fucking chaos. They turn into inmates and the guards turn into guards. I'm like, I wouldn't say that it's generally that ridiculous, but I think that's because there was no oversight. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's so many layers of oversight in the actual prison system that I don't think that that happens very often anymore, but I could be wrong. Right. So I've worked in two places that are pretty good, right? Like, Things don't like really terrible things don't happen that that I knew about anyway. Yeah. And I I wonder, like, I'm pretty sure, like, maybe that experiment had something to do with, with like the. Yeah. uh, Attempting to change culture. Right. So, because this took place August 14th, 1971 to August 21st. 1971 so in a week um and it took less than a week they had to shut it down at a week because it was that bad okay i might need to watch watch that but i bet you though prisons were a little bit more wild westy back in the 70s than than they are 60 years later or so it's not yeah right 50 years later so um it's weird though because the prison they built in the 1870s in Leavenworth, 1880s, whatever it was, whenever it was, right? It was right after the Civil War, um, had more like rec and leisure areas than like new federal prisons do, right? So like, yeah, even even the even the two Leavenworth prisons, the U, the two USDBs, one was like had like just a shitload of space, like all kinds of room. It was like right in the main post. And then there's one, the new one has less, like less music stuff, less, I shouldn't say vocational stuff, but like less rec yard space. The gym is smaller, all that shit. But I wonder if like the sympathy was a little bit higher, like in the, in the civil war, like after the civil war, like where guys were like, yeah, like, 
I would have maybe done the same thing. Like if I was born, you know, 150 yeah. miles from where I was born type deal. But yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't know what it would be. I'm not sure either. I just like the transition of the prison system. And I think it's going back to like larger and like understanding that leisure is needed to like actually repair people. Right. Like we put people in prison, but it, a lot of times it makes them less good instead of better yeah yeah just with like the punishment you, you would think it would be a rehabilitation center where it's kind of like just a punishment and sure there's things that can rehabilitate you there but right i think you have to be you have to be very little bit yeah to do that well i like that i like what was on mike's brain this week i'm gonna save mine for a different time but i think i think that was a good one mike so you got anything more to add to this one yep we appreciate all you guys listening and uh like subscribe do whatever um rate it or don't i mean whatever if you're listening at this point like you obviously like it enough we appreciate you so much for listening um and i think i'm just gonna send it out I usually I covered what Pat usually says. So, all you suckers that are doubting the Brewers, the Badgers, the Bucks, or the Packers, or Martin Truex Jr., you can eat our short. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat em. All of them suckers that doubted the Packers King eat my shows. Nom, nom, nom. Eat my shows. <laughs>